Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of really the long overdue next episode of the Glorified Treasure Spread podcast. And I'm so thankful for this episode to be talking with our dear brother. Many of you know him well, and some of you who have come along uh, to Grace Church more recently may not even know this brother. You've heard his name because we pray for him a lot, but maybe you've never seen his face and and we'll, we'll do our best to correct that uh, lord willing he'll come preach for us sometime in the not too distant future but i'm joined by pastor Corey henry we'll introduce uh, him more fully in a moment but brother thank you so much for joining us for this episode yeah brother i'm so glad to be here well i mentioned most of you'll know Corey's name and most of you know Corey and his precious wife and children but Corey was a member of Grace Church for a number of years. He now pastors in La Crosse, Virginia. And we're going to do kind of three parts to this conversation. Maybe we'll pick up other parts in a subsequent, but we'll talk about the work that the Lord's entrusted to, to Corey there in, in Virginia. And then we're going to back up in the timeline and talk about how the Lord brought him to Grace Church. And then we'll conclude with a third part about uh, just the ways the Lord used grace during their time with us. So brother, if you will, and, and think about people at GC who, who don't know the Henry's, if you'll just give us a quick bio of, you know, your life, your marriage, your family, and then we'll zero in on lacrosse. Yeah. My name is Corey Henry and my wife is Crystal. We've been married for 11 years by God's grace. We've got uh, six children, uh, five girls and a boy. We just had our sixth a uh, little girl about a month ago. And so we're so thankful for the Lord's kindness to us in that way. We are originally from Oklahoma. We met there, got married there. I spent a season, a very important season at GC in Memphis before the Lord called us, sent us uh, from GC to Wake Forest uh, to Southeastern for a season. And then as of December of 2019, we moved to Southern Virginia, and I now pastor La Crosse Baptist Church. Amen. Well, well, let's let's talk more about that. It, you're coming up almost on a year. You said December of 19, so not quite a year of a resident there. And I know you did some preaching prior to moving there, but just tell us a little bit about the church, kind of its history, uh, how long has La Crosse been around, and then just a little about the community. Yeah, uh, the church began almost a hundred years ago. So on November the 4th of this year, uh, we'll mark the first gathering of uh, the first 13 people who gathered together, men and women, to uh, dream about having a church in La Crosse, Virginia. That dream would come to fruition in June of the year 2021, which makes next year our centennial year, Wow! which I'm so thankful for and uh, looking forward to celebrating his goodness to us next year. Yeah. Praise uh, God. Yeah. All right. And tell us just a little bit about the community or area. We, Where in Virginia is La Crosse? It's in Southern Virginia, uh, about an hour due north of Wake Forest, just across the border, adjacent to uh, South Hill, uh, right off the interstate. It sits at the halfway point between Richmond, Virginia and Raleigh, North Carolina. In fact, uh, as we were thinking about Pastor Rick, 
coming. Uh, we, we had to decide between the airports, whether they would fly into Richmond or Raleigh. Mm. And the difference was two minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so right, right geographically in between. And since you mentioned Rick being with you, uh, I don't know that everybody knows that he was with you. So when was he with you? And give me one reflection. I'm sure you could say many, but when was he there? And what's one reflection from the time uh, that Rick was with you guys? Yeah, about eight or nine days ago, uh, Pastor Rick and Nathan flew in. We picked him up on a Saturday afternoon. He preached from the Gospel of John, a review sermon uh, similar to the one he preached at Grace Church, but uh, obviously it was uh, aimed at our people, uh, my people here in uh, La Crosse. And uh, we took him back Sunday afternoon. It, was, it felt like it was a short trip, but at the same time, uh, just uh, full of God's mercy and, and grace to us. And mm. I think the one thing that pressed into my mind, perhaps more than anything, was the great need for uh, us as a church to uh, think about names and faces of people who don't know Jesus, lost souls. Mm. That was one of the things that Pastor Rick encouraged us by way of application as we think about the purpose of John's gospel and why it was written mm. that we might believe uh, that we ought to concern ourselves with um, our neighbors, our community, our state, and so on. Amen. 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 Well, he spoke glowingly to me about his time with you all. So I'm so thankful that he was able to come and the partnership in the gospel that his time with you represents between grace and lacrosse. Well, let's just talk just a little about the work that the Lord's entrusted you Tell us about La Crosse Baptist Church. You can say that's broad brush, kind of anything you want about the congregation. And then I may ask some more specifics after you give us an overview of the congregation. Yeah, uh, I was spending some time in Ecclesiastes back in probably March, April, May. And some somewhere toward the end of Ecclesiastes in chapter 11, it describes um, the, the person who has experienced length of days and the exhortation mm. is to rejoice in those days, but to remember that the days of darkness will be many. Mm. You know, as you age, there's tremendous suffering, not only bodily suffering, but the experience of familial loss. I've at the local hospital here uh, that's connected to the Richmond hospital. Um, but with a member's uh, brother who's, who's got, days if not hours left to live mm. and they're they're uh, they're three siblings uh, who lost their father when the man was six years old so they've really grown up together they're a tight-knit family he's the young brother of the group and he's he's dying and so his sister mm. a member of our church is just experiencing uh, another bout of of suffering i think that is uh, a way of describing the people of our church. Uh, they've been through a lot. They've, uh, in many ways, suffered well, and uh, uh, they're, uh, we're, they're they're among the most generous of people that I've been around. So I'm thankful for God's grace to them in that way uh, that He's led us to the privilege of knowing them and being a part of God's work here. Mm. Uh, mm. Recently, uh, you quoted a brother as saying that. Uh, uh, the item on our agenda is love and deeply desire. I believe that is uh, at the, the preeminent uh, description of why I think God brought us here to La Crosse is to love the people. And by that, I mean to love them well with Jesus and all of his 
infinite glory and uh, mm. to set an example by living a life of holiness uh, in their presence. So I think mm. maybe that's a short way of describing the work. Yeah. Amen. Well, speaking of familial loss and the privilege of pastoring a people who've been through a lot of suffering, even this family that's in the valley of the shadow of death now, we'll pray that the Lord will continue to help you as you minister and meet people where they're at and seek to minister to them with Christ's love. Uh, just so everyone is aware, are there any other former gracers that are with you there in lacrosse? Oh, that's yes, brother. Yes. Uh, we, Words almost fail to uh, capture how much Hunter and Sarah Coy have meant to our family. And even as we talk about loss, uh, I'm sure GC is aware of loss that they've experienced even since they've been here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Lord has used their family in, in ways that I think only eternity will be able to measure out even already. Uh, they mean mm -hmm. so much to our family and, uh, laborers with us and with the Lord in, in the work that we're attempting here by God's grace in Southern Virginia. So we wouldn't have come had they not come with us. Mm. Wow. Well, we knew that when we sent them with great joy, there was no such thing as replacing either the Henry's or the Coy's, but those people served the Lord so faithfully uh, here at Grace. And I'm so thankful that he's given them to you all and to the congregation as fellow partners in the gospel and encouragers to you and supports of the calling God has uh, on your life and family. So give them our love for sure. And we pray for you guys often. Um, let's segue by to kind of part two of the conversation, which will no doubt bleed back into your work there, I'm sure. But let's, let's back all the way up to not when you came to lacrosse, but when you came to GC, you mentioned at the beginning in your bio that you're from Oklahoma, your wife's family's from Oklahoma. Well, that's not just right around the corner from Memphis. So how did you get from Oklahoma to Memphis? Yeah, that, that is a story of his uh, providence and kindness in so many ways to our family. We, Crystal grew up in Oklahoma, lived there her whole life. I lived there for most of my life. Neither of us had been east of the Mississippi and uh, we, we got to know a family who became precious to us, Cliff and Nicole Hughes, former members of Grace Church. And through just relationship over time, uh, one evening Cliff mentioned to me the prospect of coming to Grace Church. At that time, I was sort of teeter-tottering about whether or not to pursue pastoral ministry. And Cliff encouraged, uh, it was a pipe dream, as he said, to come to Grace Church go to Grace Church. And uh, I remember visiting with Crystal the next morning and said, hey, Cliff mentioned something. This sounds crazy and radical. And I didn't suggest we should do it. But uh, Crystal uh, began to weep at the prospect of being uh, um, in the context that we had grown to enjoy with Cliff and Nicole, but on a, on a bigger, larger scale. Um, and so we that was in September. I forget the year. Uh, and we had uh, made our transition that next January. So about three months later, we moved to Memphis. And uh, yeah, we, we, having never left Oklahoma for, for Crystal and for me being there for so long, uh, there's never a point since then that we've had an ounce of regret. The mm -hmm. Lord's just uh, 
proven himself faithful uh, to his people in so many ways. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm so thankful that Cliff and Nicole uh, gave you guys that nudge and that the Lord used it to bring you. Uh, that reminded me of one layer from my own kind of personal vantage point. That same September, I can tell you what year it was. It had to have been 2012 because fall of 2012, my family and I were in South India serving Grace Church sent us over there for a few months to do some pastoral training and some other ministry. And I think it was that fall that you guys visited because if my mind serves me correct, when we came back from India, it was like the week before Christmas, December, 2012. Um, maybe a couple of weeks later, I was at Grace Church and up walks this guy who had heard about who basically sold a bunch of stuff and moved his family to Memphis from Oklahoma. So the first time I met you, <laughs> I believe you had already moved. Yeah. I just remember hearing from the other brothers, the other pastors and some of the members of the church that, Hey man, this guy's moving his whole family over. I'm thankful to hear that you don't have regret for making such a colossal <laughs> leap. So let's just talk about for a few minutes, you have an assignment now from the Lord to pastor people for whom Jesus died and you spent some time at GC, how, if at all, would you say God used Grace Church in the preparation for the calling that the Lord now has on your life? Well, when we were praying about coming to Grace Church, uh, one of the things that was at the forefront was preparations for pastoral ministry. I remember Jim Suggs had visited Oklahoma sometime between September and December and so I, I visited with him. He, in fact, presented the internship and residency program, may have just been internship at that time, I don't remember, mm. uh, of the kinds of books that we would read and so on and so forth. And I was really, at that time, very interested in local church-based training. I, I myself was feeling uh, a disconnect between the uh, seminary and the training that uh, I was receiving at Southwestern for a season and, um, and then also uh, the local church and the responsibility, I think the New Testament responsibility of the church to raise up pastors and leaders. And of course, the great irony is that I moved from Grace Church to go to Southeastern. Uh, but we uh, largely were drawn, at least initially, to uh, the prospect of the internship at residency. But also, I, I know, especially for my wife, it was the 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 real possibility of experiencing a kind of fellowship that that seems to be birthed out of what you read in the New Testament, a commitment to Christ and his glory, and that not being some sort of um, mysterious thing, but it being fleshed out in uh, the love between a man and a woman and the love for their children and love in the context of the local church and so on and so forth. So we moved, and uh, I, I will say just from my experience at Grace Church, I think we were there six years. Um, the ordinary means of God's grace, uh, that is the preaching of God's word, the uh, reading of the scriptures, praying, uh, just the ordinary means of God's grace, I think prepared me more for pastoral ministry than, um, than the formal stuff that I think we certainly, I certainly benefited from, but nothing like the benefits derived from the ordinary means of God's grace, because mm. that lent itself for holiness, a life of uh, holiness, pursuit of Christ. And quite honestly, 
that is, I think, what the world desperately needs Amen. is holy people. Hey. Holy people. Hey. You know? Amen. Amen. Oh. Well, I could just rewind and push play on that from my own experience. I mean, the Lord has used this precious flock for my own maturation and development and growth in grace than I could even possibly quantify. And so to hear you, I'm not surprised to hear you say it, but to hear you say that you just benefited from being part of the body. Uh, I do remember when the Lord brought you and I was learning about your aspirations to pastor someday and eagerness to get going in whatever training opportunities uh, as a congregation doing the internship, the residency. I, I just remember with great fondness that saying something to saying to you something to the effect of we don't have anything to offer but Jesus and just <laughs> just get to know these people and let them get to know you and walk in fellowship with this congregation and i'm with you i'm a firm believer that just those ordinary means of grace being a faithful engrafted member of the body of Christ has more developmental power for us in every aspect of life, pastoral ministry included, than, than anything else. And, and I give God glory for all the supplements to that, for our in, in-house local church training programs, for seminaries and theological institutions. Praise God for all of those. But not one of those can replace the beauty and benefit of just being a faithful member of the body of Christ. So, brother, you guys did that well. Uh, you came in, you let people know you, you, you intentionally sought out being known and you intentionally sought out knowing others and had the Lord not taken you from Memphis to Wake Forest for seminary, there is no doubt in my mind that our elders would have soon been presenting you as a candidate to the congregation, uh, as a prospective elder and the Lord saw fit to to take you on down the path for, for some more formal training at seminary and then sent you uh, to pastor a church, which is, was no surprise to any of us, but your running buddy there uh, was an elder with us and was presented to the congregation. Hunter Coy was brought before the church about the time it was becoming clear that you all were going to be transitioning out. So I'm just so thankful that the Lord has given from our congregation's vantage point, two men who we regard as prototypical pastors. When we look at the biblical qualifications and calling, and gifting, and uh, I, I just couldn't be more thankful for both of you brothers. My only regret, and it's, uh, I guess, my sinful selfishness is we wish we could still have you both. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> thankful that the Lord's put you there. And uh, in truth, brother, you and your wife served the faith family of Grace Church so extraordinarily well, and so many people still benefit from the investment you made. And uh, I'm just, I just give God glory for you and your time. So let me do a little kind of spontaneous um, exercise here. I want you to think about, I think you said it was about six years you guys were at Grace Church. So I want you to think, kind of beginning, middle, and end. So kind of year one, year three-ish, year six-ish. And I want you to think of somebody the Lord used early 
to be a real source of encouragement, stimulate your growth in grace, somebody from the body of grace. And then if you think of an episode that you can share, that's great. Somebody from the middle and, and somebody from the end that, <laughs> so go for it. Well, brother, uh, whenever I was interviewing for jobs uh, and they would ask you to answer questions about particular scenarios and such, I, I miserably failed at every one of those. So uh, this is this is a difficult exercise. Um, I, I'm just thinking of faces of people at Grace Church and uh, brother, it's, it'd be so hard to to nail down just a few um, man. Um, you know, we, we obviously forged some close friendships with brothers and sisters at the church. Uh, I, I think early on, we, we moved to Midtown when we got there. And we were in Midtown for, I think, four months before we, uh, we uh, ventured to live in the Dave Dacus, uh, I think we could call it a home, a house, <laughs> something. And uh, that put us squarely in Uptown, but it also put us adjacent to... Uh, the mittens uh, to Joel and Laura. And uh, if there's a brother in the church that um, has understood and embraced and exemplified Christian hospitality better than Joel Mitten mm. and their family, I've not met them. Mm. Uh, just being brought into the home regularly. In fact, Joel Mitten spent weeks over at Dave Dacus's house uh, drywalling, <laughs> to, to give you an idea of the state of things, uh, <laughs> drywalling the house and preparing it for our family to move in. Amen. And so uh, Joel Mitten, the Mittens, we, we, they're still dear friends, of course. Um, by year three, uh, so many brothers. I could talk about Paul Tyler as a father and a husband and how much he's meant to me. Uh, I could talk about Tim and Pam being... Um, Mm. grandparents that we've never had, uh, godly people. Um, I guess parents, perhaps I should rewind. Can, maybe you can yeah. cut that out. <laughs> well, uh, grands to your kids, right? That's right. That's right. That's what I meant. Uh, dear precious people. Um, uh, who was I going to say there, there was, uh, the, um, uh, I suppose it was about that time that we really began to forge even more of a friendship with Ben and Emily Bailey. And we would go over to their house pretty regularly and uh, spend time with them and just uh, do life together as Christians in the world. You know, just uh, ordinary. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's pray together. Let's talk about life and let's encourage one another. Uh, ben and Emily were a source of um, encouragement and, and joy in our in our home mm. uh, it, around I guess our fourth year or fifth, uh, I know you didn't ask about that, but I, I have to mention uh, Miranda coming to live in our home. Amen. And uh, she would tell you, I think that it was a tremendous benefit to her and encouragement to her. I have no doubt that it was, but there's no doubt that our family was better off for having had her in our home for, I think, the year and a half or the two years that we did. Uh, just a precious daughter of Sarah, as we read in First mm. Peter and so thankful for God's grace to her. Uh, and then, of course, in, our, in my last year, I would say that one of the brothers, he, he wasn't there, but one of the brothers that I um, 
just give God praise for in so many ways is Nate Cleaves. Mm. The number of conversations that I've had, the way that I have benefited from that brother, the way I've grown in God's grace as a result of that brother, um, man, it, it, it would be hard to put into words, but um, he's helped me along the way in so many ways. Mm, mm, mm. Well, brother, if you say you have a hard time on the applications doing the stories, then y- you definitely didn't have a hard time just now uh, thinking, <laughs> thinking spontaneously. And I'm sure every time you mentioned a name, it only made you think of five more that you could have mentioned. But brother, yeah. that was so encouraging. It wasn't a surprise to me that even extemporaneously you were able to think of so many individuals and households that the Lord used. So that to me, and part of the reason I wanted to ask you to do that, that to me is an example of what it's supposed to be like for the children of the King to be in relationship with other children of the King. And you guys modeled it. God used you in the lives of every person you named and many that you didn't in the same ways he used those people to encourage you and, and your wife. So, Brother, I think when God brought you to us, maybe perhaps he, he graciously helped in, in some ways for your own development and maturation for the calling that he now has on your life. But he definitely used you guys to contribute such sanctifying grace into our body. And I'm thankful for you. And I just pray that if God allows us, and it's definitely our heart's desire and our cry, if he allows us to be a congregation that sees others raised up from within precisely so that we can let them go, send them out to existing or establishing new congregations, then I'm just going to point them to Corey Henry. I'm going to give him your cell phone number uh, and say, call this guy and, and just basically do what he did. And I think that's uh, really God's given you guys the ability to be a model example of what it's supposed to look like. So, thank you, brother, uh, for all that the Lord used you to do while you were among us. And I'm so thankful for where he has you now. And I know you're praying about it, so I'm not going to give any details, but uh, I do hope and pray that, that the Lord will let you come, come back, bring your family preach for us here at grace sometime soon. And, and if it's not the date we got in mind, then we'll just have to find another one. Because you, you got to come back and fellowship with us as soon as possible. Yeah. Amen, brother. Okay. Well, anything else you want to say about uh, any of that lacrosse or Grace Church or your development training that you think might be useful? No pressure to say anything, but if something else is in your mind, let her rip and then we'll close the convo. No, I, I feel a little bit like, uh, just based on the final question, I feel a little bit like the author of Hebrews who's recounting all the uh, ways that God manifested his goodness uh, through all the saints. And he just gets to, time would fail me to tell of, and then starts to throw out the <laughs> final few names. And yeah. uh, I just want to say uh, to all the brothers and sisters at Grace Church, uh, and you know who you are, I could go down the list of Daniel Mills and Matt and Cassie and so on. I mean, just all the brothers and sisters uh, that have meant so much to our family, uh, to, to press on and to continue into chapter 12 of Hebrews in Mm. the great race that we're running and, uh, to throw off whatever the weights and sins that cling so closely and to look to Jesus. And if there's any brother that happens to be listening to this podcast, 
uh, and has gotten to this point, bless you and uh, do the same. Uh, press into the Lord Jesus Christ in all of his infinite wonder and be satisfied in him alone.